Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Hello, welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. My name is Tom Marvin, Senior Technical Editor here at BikeRadar.com and at MBUK Magazine as well. Joining me through the magic of Microsoft Teams, we have our Technical Editor-in-Chief, it's Robin Weaver. How's it going, Rob? All good, thanks, Tom. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. And we also have Luke Marshall, who's our Technical Writer. How's it going, Luke? Yeah, I'm very good, thanks, Tom. Good stuff. What have you been up to recently, Luke? Um, just been putting laps out on some e-bikes. Yeah, as uh-huh. uh, possibly mentioned before, we got... Uh, more wallet-friendly e-bike tests coming up, so um, just being spinning laps, splashing around in the mud, and uh, enjoying e-bike life. Lovely stuff. Great. Enjoying the uh, the wet weather and the occasional cold snap. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Makes it nice to have a bit of uh, tea and cake after a ride. So lovely. Yeah. <laughs> always, always well deserved. I'm sure, especially on the e-bike. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, what have you been doing recently? Um, I actually have a couple of cool Enduro bikes on test. Mm. I have one from Last and one from Cube. So it's uh, very much the battle of the Euro Enduros going on. Nice. Yes. So very cool bikes, a bit different. Um, Yeah, yeah, really fun bikes to ride uh, and a bit different to the usual sort of bike of the year bikes that we're normally sort of covering this time of year. Yes. Yes. Good old bike. I say a bit different, slightly different. Just ahead, just ahead of the big test. But yeah, they these. Must be, I must say, they must be quite at opposite ends of the Enduro spectrum. One's incredibly light and one's built surprisingly robustly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That last is super light. So it's more like riding a trail bike that really, really sticks to the ground because it has a coil shock and it's, it's a 36 up front rather than a 38. Um, but chunky tires, um, solid build. It's genuinely a lovely bike to ride, um, really fun. And, and, and as you know, Luke, the Cube, it's one of those bikes where 
I think for a long time they were maybe underestimated. And it's nice to see that, you know, over the last few years, their Enduro bike is so much fun to ride. Yeah, yeah I had one a couple of years ago for a long-term test bike and uh, really got on with it. It was a good bike. Mm, exactly. What about you, Tom? Uh, I'm in the final throes of wrangling my trail bike of the year test, uh, trying to make sure that I, I hit my quota of uh, at least eight trail bikes to go in there. Uh, and doing all right, actually. I've had a couple of emails in the last day or two which have either confirmed uh, that bikes are on their way or that, uh, yes, probably can get that bike. So uh, that's been a nice uh, a nice start to the week. Um, getting relief. A positivity. A little bit of relief, a little <laughs> bit of weight off the shoulders. Um, but save for that, I've basically got a lot of writing to do at the moment. Um, I was away at the back end of last year on a, on a big launch, uh, which has a lot of... Uh, content to create from it uh, so I've got to do that and also tidying up a few things from the end of last year that I didn't get a chance to do for Bike Radar um, before I disappeared off for a few weeks uh, so yeah um, lots of typing but it's all good because this afternoon this evening I am rebuilding my office with a, a new carpet a new fancy desk uh, and a big screen so I can be optimized uh, in my creation of words Check you out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and soon uh, I'm going to be recording podcasts from my office instead of from my bedroom because um, God, I stole Are you going to call it a studio? Oh, I'm going to call it a studio, exactly. I'm going to get one of those like big arms with a microphone on so I can look pro. Um, I managed nice. to steal some sound deadening foam from the office um, under the, the watchful eyes of our head of podcasts. <laughs> so just dampen down the echoes. <laughs> I, I like the word creations bit. Are you making up new words, Tom? I, I do that with um, frequency, yeah. Not always in, on purpose, but they just come out, don't they? Language is always evolving. I'm going to keep quiet, but yeah. Get that on the front of your door, under your name. That can be your new job title. Word On your creator. office door. Yeah. All right. Well, today we are looking forward into 2024 a little bit further than we have done already. And we are looking for the bikes that we think are going to be announced this year. So the new bikes we're looking forward to see in 2024. Now, I have to admit, some of this is based off um, educated guesses because bikes have uh, relatively regular um, schedules of when they're re-released. Some of it, a few of them are maybe bikes that we really want to see, even though we've got no idea if they're coming or not. And some of the bikes are, maybe we've got a slight hint of that they are going to be coming. Um, but we're not going to say which ones those are because we might be breaking some rules. Um, but there's some interesting bikes on the list, some definite ones that we do expect to see and some that we just kind of hope do arrive this year. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. All right. Um, we do have a list. We're going to rattle through them at a moderate pace because obviously we don't actually know anything about the bikes that are or are not coming, but we're just speculating. Um, but we'll start at the top of our list. Uh, Luke, I think you think that there's going to be a new GT Force coming this year. Maybe. In theory, like the timeline <laughs> would suggest that something should appear. Um, I was wrong last year. I think I said oh, there's going to be a new GT Force. Um, mm -hmm. Some of the GT athletes were rising around on new bikes. It happened to be their sensor. They released their sensor last year. But I think the last update to the Force was in 2021. Mm -hmm. So if you think uh, roughly a three-year product cycle, maybe uh, a new bike might come out this year. We'll uh, mm -hmm. wait and see. But I would like to see it. I rode that bike back in 2021. Um, and its performance was really good. You know, it's a relatively... 
it's not a cheap bike anyway, but you know, it's uh, it's more modestly priced than lots of other high-end enduro bikes out there. And mm-hmm. uh, the performance you got for the bike was really good. So uh, yeah, I'd like to see a, a new force on the horizon. And uh, a few updates, um, maybe shorten the seat tube a little bit. Geometry over the while was overall was pretty good. Interested to see if they keep the chain idler. Um, mm-hmm. But no, it would uh, it would be a good bike to uh, see this year if it comes out, and definitely one to call in for testing. Cool. So the current mm-hmm. iteration is you know it's, it's a longish travel enduro bike, and it's it's a high pivot with an idler. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Uh, it's like a mid-high pivot, but it doesn't matter yet. Cool. Any thoughts on that, Rob? Do you, reckon, what, do you think they'll keep the idle, or do you think they might get rid of it if they uh, go that way? We've seen a few enduro bikes coming again with uh, with high pivots. Yeah, I don't know. I think, um, like Luke said, in terms of what well, I found when I tested that bike, I found uh, downhill performance was really impressive. Um, it felt really, really good, really planted. Um, a lovely bike to ride. Uh, maybe on the climbs, especially if you were in first gear in particular it felt a little bit draggy i think maybe not as sprightly as um the cannondale jekyll which would have come out i think from the same potentially the same design engineer um but the jekyll has a different chain line and it felt like it was easier going on the climbs i could be wrong i mean it's purely down to mm. feel there's no power meters or or times involved it was purely me just riding them back to back but um, the Jekyll maybe didn't um, absorb bumps quite as effectively as the GT. The GT was very sort of supple and um, properly scalped the edges off the top of those nasty square edge hits, maybe more so than the Cannondale. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe they'll keep it. Maybe they'll, maybe, maybe it'll be more in line with the the new sensor because i know uh, i think maybe even a, like luke said a couple of their riders actually raced the sensor mm. with a longer travel fork on a couple okay. of times um so it'll be interesting to see yeah i mean we'll be keeping our eyes out obviously when the enduro season kicks off and also on social media when sort of team announcements are going on at the moment uh, and maybe things will calm down in a few weeks time we'll start to see those riders picking up their bikes and uh posting pictures of them which well they won't have a team that's the thing there's no oh, GT team is there oh that's so, a big change yes so so we're unlikely to see that so whether i mean whether that will um slow progress down on the force if they don't have to produce a race bike as such mm. possibly um so it's going to be interesting it would be nice you know it would be nice to see uh changes happen and things still progress for GT because it's such a cool, iconic brand. Mm. Um, but whether there's the impetus to, to work on a, on a, essentially a race bike, if they don't have a race team, I'm not sure. But in the, mm. in like Luke said, in the, like that sort of product life cycle, it's probably around about time that it should happen. So cool. we just have to wait and see cross our fingers. 
All right. Well, the next one on our list is uh, a bike that almost defines the enduro genre, uh, is of course the specialised enduro. It has been around for a little while. We are expecting some sort of um, update and there were some patents that were flying around or little um, technical drawings that were sort of leaked of various longer travel bikes from Specialized. Do we want to delve into those a little bit and maybe predict what we might see from a new enduro? Do you want me to do that? <laughs> you go ahead, Sorry. Rob. Yeah, I'd... <laughs> well, I guess the, the pictures you're alluding to show it having a similar linkage to what we've seen from the downhill bike, the mm -hmm. UBB under bottom bracket linkage. So whether that will come to fruition or not, you know, we can only guess. But like you said, that bike, I think you went on the launch in 2019. I did, I yeah. And towards the end of 2019. So the Enduro has been around for a while. Um, I think it lacks a couple of things like a UDH hanger, maybe. Mm -hmm. Little things like that. They're sort of those telltale things for a brand who are synonymous for specking, you know, the latest SRAM drivetrains like you see on a lot of their um, e-bikes. Um, to not have that seems somewhat remiss. So it would look a little well, it looks a little bit dated in comparison to the rest of the lineup. So at a guess, they're going to be working on that. You know, they've still got a factory race team. Some yeah. of their guys have been on the Stumpy Evo rather mm -hmm. than the longer travel enduro. Um, whether that's development of stuff, whether that's purely rider preference, I'm not totally sure. But um, yeah, we're sort of nearly five years on since that bike. Mm was first unveiled. So it would kind of make sense to to see that coming out maybe this year. Okay. When was the Stumpy last released? After they launched the new Turbo Devo SL with its redesigned frame, they got rid of the sidebar. Mm. If there will be a Stumpy update that follows something similar. I mean, I think the timing would suggest that we might. So it'd be interesting to see if we do this year. Um, you know they're they're a brand that aren't shy of releasing new bikes and updating them, and they sort of often quite kind of do them in a big like lump of doing them lots at once, um, or lots within a sort of short period. They seem to sort of refresh their range in a just to make our lives time. harder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see, I guess, on that front. Um, now, 2024 is, of course, an Olympic year, and in Olympic years, we often see brand new cross-country race bikes. Now, one of the biggest, you know, some of the biggest names in XC racing happen to ride canyons, uh, and the Canyon Lux, which is their full suspension uh, XC bike, is arguably a little bit long in the tooth, both in terms of how long it's been out there and perhaps in terms of doesn't necessarily stack up in terms of modernity compared to some of its more recently released competition. It's a little bit Good traditional. Good word, by the way. Some might Good say. word. Thank you. Good yeah, words. that's a real yeah. word as well. I yeah. saw it in yeah. a dictionary once. Um, <laughs> so Back when you used to read the dictionary. Yeah. When I used to read the dictionary yeah. for inspiration for my new words. Um, <laughs> so it'd be interesting to see whether this year we do see um, a revised Canyon Lux. If we do... I would expect slightly slacker angles, maybe boosting to 120mm. There seems to be still a bit of a split in the XC world. You know, some new XC bikes are going 120 front and back, making the most of forks like 
you know, Fox 34 Stepcast or the RockShox SIDs, which, you know, offer really sort of relatively light 120mm platforms. There's still, though, quite a few that are sticking to that 100mm traditional travel length. Um, so it'd be interesting to see whether Canyon stick with tradition, keep it shorter of travel, but do some bigger updates in terms of geometry, or whether they go the whole hog and follow the likes of, you know, the Orbeo Ois, for example, and boost it up to 120mm. But... Needless to say, it does feel like 2024, we are going to see a couple of XC bikes along the way. Cube, for example, maybe a new AMS XC bike. Um, they've just announced an XC World Cup XC team. Um, so it would, again, make sense that they're doing that in conjunction, perhaps, with a new XC race bike. Any thoughts on the world of XC, Luke or Rob? Not my expertise, unfortunately. I mean, there was a host of new bikes last year, I guess, in preparation for... I mean, 2024 Olympics, um, I guess uh, Pinarello released their mm. bikes for their Ineos riders, yeah. um, BMC, etc. So, it, yeah, it makes sense that uh, this time That'll of continue. year, yeah, the, uh, the Olympics is going to be a huge focus for everyone to have their, their latest, highest performing tech out there. Mm. Okay. Well, um, we'll keep an eye out. Uh, was it Novemesto, the traditional season starter? Is that happening? No, it's Brazil this year, isn't it, for the mm. um, XC World Cups? Southern Hemisphere kick it off, I think. Yeah, that'd be great. In, what, March, April time, I think? A couple of races mm. down in Brazil. So we'll be obviously keeping a BDI out of those to see what we do spot. Um, I'd say a new cube is almost a certainty, I'd have thought. Um, so, yeah. We'll keep uh, we'll keep our eyes up. All right, should we return to slightly longer travel bikes? Um, and again, if we're talking about high pivots from the likes of GT Force, the Da Vinci Spartan, that's a bike that has tested very well. I think um, Al rode one, and I think maybe you rode one, Luke. Um, I could be wrong on that front. But are we going to see an update? Uh, but possibly. Again, I think Al tested that bike in 2022 and it was launched in 2021. So there's potential for it to um, be re-released mm -hmm. or updated. I tested the Da Vinci Chainsaw, which is a new uh, bike they released last year, which again was a, a high pivot, long travel bike, but um, more budget friendly. So aluminium frame, more cost effective parts, trying to just get it as a real entry level bike park bike. Um, and it was really good. Like downhill performance was incredible. Um, so it's interesting to see if Da Vinci update the Spartan, which is their kind of more enduro bike as such, the kind of enduro race team use. Again, still features a high pivot, but with Trek introducing the slash in their high pivot and and how they've managed to make that pretty pedal efficient. Um, be interesting to see. I haven't ridden the Spartan. I know Alex has and reviewed it very well. So, but it could be in line for an update. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's been a few years on the circuit now and uh and possibly it might be one that in the next year or two we'll be uh we'll see come out nice okay um we'll move on to another enduro bike that i think has been seen at the races and certainly if you follow their product cycle development and their you know the way they've been going with their bikes it would make sense that we are soon going to see a new scott ransom um so a couple of years ago they released a spark with its shock uh, nestled inside the frame. We've also uh, seen the Genius that came out about 15, 18 months ago um, with a shock again hidden inside the frame. Um, the standout bike from their range is the Ransom that currently has an external shock. Are we going to see a new Ransom with the shock inside the frame, Rob? 
I reckon. Well, I mean, the fact that we've seen there has been a, a developmental bike kicking around at some of the races. So I would, I would strongly suspect that yes, soon enough, a new bike will be unveiled. Um, more than likely falling in line with, as you said, like the spark and the genius. Mm-hmm. I think the last ransom, the r- last proper ransom update was maybe 2018. Mm-hmm. So it's been quite some time. Um, and you know, great looking bikes back then stand the test of time, you know, work pretty well. Uh, but yeah, maybe it's time to, you know, get everything else sort of, like we said about specialized sort of falling in line with the rest of what they offer. Mm-hmm. Um, and Scott, you know, they're a, a juggernaut of a company. So these things probably take a little bit of time. So w- yeah, I would say judging by the fact that we haven't seen an update in so long. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very soon. One thing I'd be interested though with, with the ransom. So when we sort of talked in the past about suspension uh, and so setting up suspension and you know how it all works, one thing that's always really important is minimizing friction because friction creates heat. When you have heat, you have changing in viscosity of fluids and oils, and that changes the way that um, a shock, especially, uh, is going to perform. So on on long descents, if it warms up, you might end up feeling that at the bottom of the the, the trail or the bottom of the mountain, your shot's going to feel a bit faster and everything's going to be a little bit looser, a bit sort of uh, maybe less controlled than it might otherwise have been. Do we think that if Scott are going to be hiding their shock inside the frame out of the airflow, are we going to see any issues with temperature buildup? And if that's the case, do you think maybe they will do an externally shocked bike instead? Not sure. I mean, I can imagine, I would say that the... The changes would be fairly minimal unless it's a really, really hot day over a really, really long track. Mm-hmm. Worst case, you just stuff a load of ice in at the start of the stage <laughs> and hope it does the trick. <laughs> yeah, a little ice <laughs> Or end up with a load shock. of water sloshing around in there. <laughs> <laughs> a little drain hole in the bottom. It'd be fine. Oh, there you go. Okay. What do you think, Luke? I, I would be very surprised having seen the pictures of their prototype bikes that they're going to suddenly bring out an external... Mm-hmm. Bike, and I guess if they're going ahead with this, they must feel they're pretty confident in it that they can uh, mm-hmm. keep the shock performance as they wish. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to say. I don't think uh, <laughs> I don't think for us British riders we're going to have an issue with it with anything overheating. Yeah. But you know, maybe if you're out in the middle of the desert on a long track, potentially. But I maybe there's an integrated that. fan with an access battery that you oh. can just hit a button and it just. <laughs> Cause it down. It's worth noting that um, their sort of sibling brand or child brand, Bold, um, who they purchased a few years ago, do have the Unplugged, which is a longer travel bike with a mm. shock internally. Um, so presumably there is some sort of precedence there for longer travel bikes with shocks inside the frame. And maybe they would have noticed if there were real issues, uh, if it was a problem. I just thought mm. I'd check it out there just as a, a point of interest, just in case. Nice. Thanks. All right, one of the um, bike brands that is perhaps, I guess it's fair to say, one of the most innovative, most exciting and most interesting, certainly from a UK perspective, um, is Atherton. Now, Luke, you've been riding the Atherton AM130 recently, which is a shorter travel trail bike. Um, They obviously have longer travel versions. They've got 170, they've got a downhill bike. There have been sort of rumours that we might see an alloy one later on this year. Do you guys know anything about that? 
Uh, no, I only know the rumours that you've heard that, you know, no. there is something on the horizon, potentially. They will uh, try to release um, a more, yeah, budget-friendly option. Um, okay. How budget that will be, we'll wait and see. If it's how much is the carbon one? So I think they're around £7,000. Okay. Um, so it's not extortionate. It's not like the most expensive bike in the world, but it's uh, they're, they're not cheap either. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I had really good fun on the, the Atherton Trail bike, like the 131. I was really impressed with it. Um, so if they can bring that performance to uh, the more modest price point, that'd be really impressive to see. Mm-hmm. Have you heard anything, uh, uh, Robin, on that? Yeah, I, I have a feeling that um, they may use a, a different link. So potentially we won't see a, a six bar setup. It may be something a little less complicated in order to help sort of bring the cost down a bit further. Um whether or not they'll offer the same number of sizes, I'm not totally sure. Um, if it's made in a different way, I, I, I don't fully know all the ins and outs, but it's going to be really cool um, to see what they can do and to make it, like Luke said, I mean, I can't believe we're at a point in time now where Luke's referring to a seven grand bike as not extortionate. I mean, <laughs> still so much money, but still, um, yeah, it's going to be really cool if they can... Um, I suppose take a chunk of that mid-priced um, category, mm-hmm. and and we get to see more of those bikes out there because what they've done is really really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and as Luke's already mentioned, the bike clearly works really well. He was very excited about it when he messaged me the other day after riding it. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it's not often that happens. It's not so, often that happens. No. no. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, um. For the last sort of like five, ten minutes of this pod, I'm going to open it out to you guys. Are there any other bikes uh, that you would like to see, but maybe we have not heard any rumours of, or any rumours that you have heard that you want to share with us all? Rob, anything on the uh, horizon? So, I suggested this yesterday in the office. So, we've seen the Trek Fuel EXE, yeah. which goes in tandem with the non, non-assist Fuel EX. More, more for the name than anything else. I want to see the slash e. <laughs> so I want to see their big, a bigger travel version, but with kind of, I guess, kind of like specialized Kinevo SL. Mm-hmm. So longer travel enduro style bike with a bit of assistance. You know that um, that TQ motor in the Fuel EXE is a great bit of kit, nice and compact. Um, doesn't disrupt geometry too much or anything like that and to be able to have it on on a bigger bike would be cool i think yeah yeah okay plus we all get to say slashy all the time nice what is <laughs> um trek's e-bike line at the moment i'm trying the to rail think. the rail that's it yeah it's a good bike that isn't it yeah 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 solid bike it's always done well with our in bike of the year mm-hmm. yeah okay luke anything that uh, you're excited for um, potentially there might be a new Lapierre Spicy on the horizon. Yeah. Um, I know there were pics of, uh, of a prototype being raced at the end of last year's Enduro World Cup series. So, I mean, it's a bike that seems to have not changed for a while. Um, obviously they have a very capable Enduro team, so we might see something new from them next year. That would be mm-hmm. uh, cool to see. It's not, a, it's not often we get Lapierre this, this side of the water anymore, but, uh, it would be good to see that. Cool. Okay. Um, Rob, I think uh, when we're watching the downhill this year, obviously the likes of uh, Luke Bruni especially uh, were riding 
quite an interesting looking bike from Specialized, an updated, mm. very prototype looking demo that sort of finally broke cover late in the season. Do you think we're going to see a new demo this year? Well, so I listened to the same podcast that Luke listened to uh, from our friend Chris at Downtime. And according to the manager of the Specialized team, no, we're oh, not going to see it. Not till 2025. But I guess in, in, a, in a similar light, we also saw that new Pivot downhill bike with mm-hmm. the two chains. And uh, maybe that's going to be production, both those bikes potentially production in 2025, maybe. Yeah. Um, what I also have on my list, so I actually just added something there. Um, we've kind of covered off loads and loads of high-end stuff, mm. but we should probably remember uh, the lower end of the market where stuff I would say is always, or in the more recent years, got more exciting. Yeah. Um, with the likes of brands like Marin and Polygon doing great things for, you know, the cheaper, more sort of budget-orientated bikes. Um, it's a very UK-centric brand, but Calibre has slowly been sort of getting back mm. into the market. So I'm hoping this year we're going to see a couple of new, well, maybe not new bikes, but relaunching um, some of the old models that have completely sold out uh, and haven't been updated in a long time. Um, we know uh, Mike, who was running the sort of the design and engineering side of things over there, left some time ago. And, and I think since then, some of the bikes haven't really been touched. But Luke's tested one or one of the sort of the cheaper hardtails recently. That's done pretty well. But we haven't seen um, their um, amazing cheaper full suspension bikes updated for a while so i'm really Mm -hmm. hoping we're going to see a few of those kicking about because you know when they launched at that time they did truly amazing things not just in terms of how they rode but making other brands sit up and take note of what you could achieve for that price you know yeah a thousand quid and i mean those bikes are even now you still see i mean i would say almost guaranteed every time you go to a trail center you'll see a couple of them yeah, totally. The Boss Nut did amazing things here in the UK. It's a real, really incredible yeah, bike. Exactly. And so you kind of hope that, um, well, like I said, we focus so much on higher end stuff and racing and stuff like that. We're, you know, we're not going to see the industry forget about that entry level yeah. and bringing new riders in. And those bikes give people a real sense of what mountain biking really is, but without having to remortgage mm-hmm. their house sell a car a kidney a child whatever it might be in order to afford one mm-hmm. i think on that note one of the final bikes we've got on our list is the obey rylon now obviously like they will sell some very expensive obey rylons you know carbon frames but one thing obey are really good at doing when they launch a new you know an updated model is that that model range does start at a very very competitive price um, you know, we're not going to see a thousand pound or Bayer Island, but it wouldn't surprise me if you saw one at two, two and a half thousand, which mm. for what are usually very, very capable bikes, it's a pretty, can be a pretty punchy price point. And they, they fill out their range with, you know, a lot of models usually. On that note, it would be, it's going to be interesting to see if um, YT do anything with the Capra mm-hmm. or if Canyon even do anything. I mean, they, at the minute, I don't know if I'm wrong, Luke, but they don't offer a strive with an aluminium frame, I don't think, do they? No, I'm not sure they will. When I was on that launch, they the strive for a long time was their only long travel 29er. Yeah. 
And so and it had to cover a wide variety of bases. But with the kind of re-release or with the updated spectral line that came out a few years ago and the talk updates um, that offer longer travel 29ers, they, they literally said that the Strive is their dedicated Endura race bike. Um, I'll, I'll shut up then, yeah. Um, so I would be surprised if they, uh, if they do bring out an aluminium model. I think uh, they uh, other riders that don't want that Enduro-focused bike would uh, take on the spectral of the talk. But you never are know. You gonna, I might be wrong are, there. Are you going to tell me I'm completely wrong about the YT Kappa as well then? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think that bike will stay the same forever. It's, you know, good all-rounder. <laughs> <laughs> on that yeah. note, Tom. <laughs> on that note, well, on that bombshell. Um, yeah, I think it's probably it's quite a good time to, to wrap it up. Um, Obviously, there's a lot of speculation in there, so do not hold us to account if the bikes that we've mentioned don't make it to market this year. We're very sorry if you're hanging on for a new bike and you, I have to buy a new uh, a new Scott Ransom. Um, so if it doesn't come this year, we are very sorry. But many bikes that are available are still incredible ones. If you do see any hints or any sort of uh, cool little bits of news that you think we might be interested in, don't forget to email us. Our email address is podcast at bikerider.com. Um, and of course, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. When we do see these new bikes, I can assure you that Bike Radar will be across it in as many digital and print formats as we can manage. Um, you know, we, we do get to see these bikes before they come out usually, uh, which is always very exciting. So we'll make sure that we bring you full in-depth news on all of them before they do or when they do because we can't break embargoes <laughs> <laughs> we try not to anyway it does happen but very very rarely fortunately <laughs> a proper slap on the wrist when we do right uh, <laughs> thanks uh, rob and thanks luke for your uh, ideas and insights and of course thanks for listening we'll be back in a few more days with another podcast Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar Podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode. 